0: In chapter 1 of the epistle of
1: James, three major points are covered. The divine birth in verse 18, receiving the implanted word in verse 21, and the perfect law of freedom in verse 25. First God brought us forth, he regenerated us by the word of truth. Hence, the word of truth is the seed of life for our divine birth. After being regenerated by receiving this seed, we need to continue to receive the implanted Word, which is able to save our soul in our daily life. According to verse 18, the Word of truth is for regeneration in our spirit. According to verse 21, we need the implanted Word for the daily salvation of our soul. Moreover, according to verses 25 through 27, We need the perfect law of freedom so that we may live a God-fearing life, a life that might be considered religious in a proper sense. Such a life corresponds to God's heart, which is love, and to God's nature, which is holiness. Francis Ball is with me in the studio again. Francis, it's good to have you back. Thank you, Matt. It's always good to be with you on these programs. Francis, we've got a rich program today from the first chapter of James that I've just given an introduction to, a, a short summary which kind of summarizes this life study number four of James. But now before we go to Witness Lee, I'd like to give you a chance to say something also as a summary.
2: Well, getting into this book, Matt, was really an encouragement again to me because I got a lot of help from James in my early Christian life. He was very strong on the matter of, of obedience and fearing God and so on, but he wasn't that clear about some of the things that we have learned in the Lord's recovery about the need of the salvation of the soul. But he really did touch this matter, and he intended that we should really receive the implanted word. And I really like that, that expression, the implanted word. That means something is living, and it's planted, and it grows. And he, he points out in his epistle that this implanted word is to be received for the saving of our soul. I was very clear before that that I was saved as far as my regeneration was concerned, as far as being born again was concerned, and he also touches this matter. But there's a further step that I was not that acquainted with at the time I was reading James, and that is that my soul needs to be saved. That means that the implanted word has to be really planted into my inner being so that it's lived out in my daily life and my soul is in the process of being saved. I'm afraid I'm like many Christians were and still are. They think that being regenerated is the whole story. No, James makes it clear that that's not the whole story. Our salvation needs to spread to our soul Not just the regeneration of our spirit, but the renewing of our soul with the implanted word. And this is the main thing I've enjoyed in this portion in the book of James.
1: Well, in James, Francis, I think if anyone's followed us so far in our first three programs, they've seen that James is not that clear about God's economy. But in today's program, we're going to really enjoy some highlights From uh, what is really on God's heart. Let me read a couple of verses and then we'll go to uh, Witness Lee. James chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. You know this, my beloved brothers, but let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting away all filthiness and the abundance of malice, Receive in meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Here's Witness Lee from his original speaking in December 1983 in Irving, Texas.
3: In these verses, 19 through 26, you have some basic elements here. Number one, you have uh, the uh, implanted word, right? It is in verse 21, Wherefore, putting away all filthiness and abundance of malice, receiving in meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Now, what is the implanted word? This indicates the word is of life. James likens the word of God to a little sprout, which is living, it is planted into the soil of your heart. God plants His word into us every morning, every day, and this implanted word, you see, becomes the nourishment to our inward man, and this strengthens your spirit, and then your spirit sustains your soul. Then your soul will be so strong to stand all kinds of sufferings. This is why Paul prayed that you might be strengthened into your inner man. right? By being nourished with God's implanted Word. We all can testify this. Every morning, if we would spend just 10 or 15 minutes to get into the Word of God, I tell you, your spirit becomes strong. Then when your spirit becomes strong, it sustains your soul. And your soul, after being sustained, could stand... Not only the trial, but also temptation. Right. Otherwise, you will be either conquered by the trial or what? Tempted by the lust. Then you got a failure. Why? Because your spirit is flat. Like the flat tire. We need the planted word to bump up our spirit. Then our spirit will be full of fire. You see, then our soul will be sustained. And this is to save our soul. Receive in meekness the printed word which is able, it doesn't say which can, but which is able to save your soul. It is full of energy to save your soul. This is wonderful.
1: Well, Francis, I say amen to Witness Lee. This is wonderful. The word that we enjoy in the morning becomes the implanted word that is able to save our souls. From your many years of experience, I'd like to ask you to share with our listeners some of your personal testimony about this kind of life we're talking about.
2: A young person, I I received the Lord in a church Sunday morning meeting and was baptized shortly after that and I just considered myself kind of a good little boy and I went through even my high school years just still attending meetings of uh, the denomination I was in and and trying to obey my parents and my dad was strict with us boys in making us work for delivering papers and things like this that he had uh, as a business so I learned uh, to try to obey my dad and try to live an honest life, not keep the change when somebody paid for their paper, and so on. But I just uh, didn't know anything, really, about the assurance of my salvation. But I spent some time then, after my graduation from high school, about three and a half years in the Navy, and got in touch with some navigators, which is a Bible class for servicemen, And through them, I was brought into a knowledge of my salvation. And I became clear that I was born again, that I had a new birth, that there was another life in me. But I really didn't know anything about how to nourish this life and how to see the salvation of my soul. But now, in reading James, I realize that there is another step very important in our Christian life. Not only that we get regenerated in our spirit, but that our soul gets implanted with the Word of God. The implanted Word of God will save our soul. Many people I know, and the way I was myself, just feeling secure that I was saved because I was regenerated. I was born again. But I realize now, and James's epistle has really helped me to realize this, that there is a need for the salvation of my soul The importance of the Word for implanting this desire in me to to have my soul saved has really been a big help in my experience. Reading the Word every morning, I've practiced this for years now, and I really thank the Lord for it. By spending time in the Word every morning, this really gives me receiving of the implanted Word that will nourish my soul and will
1: transform my soul. I liked Witness Lee's description, Francis. Uh, When you don't, you become like a flat tire. Yeah, And you really need that implanted word, which is able to pump you up. That's right. And give you the ability to overcome that temptation that otherwise would become a defeat. That's right. Well, Francis, we've been talking about receiving the implanted word that's able to save our souls. But if we're Christians already, then we think we may be saved. But That was our spirit. Okay, so now we're going to focus on what needs to be saved, and that's our soul. So let's go back to Witness Lee to see more about our soul being saved through the implanted word.
3: Have you been saved? Where? Your spirit. Praise the Lord. How about your soul? How about your soul? Every day, your soul is under the testing. Testing by two things. By environmental sufferings. Outward. By enticing lust. Inward. All the time. Testing what? Not testing your body. Not testing your spirit. But testing your soul. So in this aspect, your soul needs to be what? Saved. And your soul needs to be saved means your soul needs to be sustained. Strengthened. By what? By the daily feeding on the imprinted word, you just receive. Just say you take a meal. You know, sometimes our children, uh, little ones, are naughty. The mother serves the <coughs> all this resisting. So after one week, this boy becomes skinny. There's no meekness, no submissiveness. We have some strong boys. <laughs> in nothing, he would be so submissive but in eating. Whenever he comes to he ta- he's so submissive, whatever. <laughs> Receive in meekness <laughs> the food served by the mother. Surely you'll be husky. <laughs> right? So. James says, receive in meekness the implanted Word, which is able to save your soul.
1: So, Francis, we're now focusing on the attitude we have or the manner in which we receive the Word of God. And how important is it that we have a receiving attitude of meekness and submission? That is very important. As Brother Lee mentioned, we have the uh,
2: illustration of a child being fed by his mother and uh, saying, no, I don't like that. I don't want that. But she knows he needs it, so she feeds him anyway. So he has to learn to take it. Otherwise, he will become skinny and sick. With us, we do have a, a new life in our spirit through our regeneration. And this life needs to be nurtured by the implanted word, the word that James uses here. We need an implanted word. That implies that there's something of life in the word. Implanted. It's like putting a seed in the soil so that it, it will grow. So this implanted word is the receiving of the word of God actually every morning. The best way to start the day and to experience some salvation of the soul is to have the implanted Word early in the morning. That's the Word of God. If we read the Bible and we exercise our spirit to pray the Word that we read, we will have an implanted Word, a living Word, that will save us daily and really work out the salvation of our soul. This is not a once-for-all transaction. This is an ongoing thing, just like nourishment, feeding us, so that our soul is being transformed and being saved, the saving of the soul is not automatic when we receive the Lord, but the opening is there, and our spirit is regenerated. And then from that, with the implanted
1: Word, we will have a saving of our soul day by day. Francis, I really like your reference there to the receiving the Word through the prayer. Even the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 6 that we need to receive the Word by, through prayer. So, yes. And there's a life aspect that it's like a seed Uh, It reminds me of why witness lee called this the life study of the bible we're receiving the word and coming to the word to receive the essence of the word which is life some people
2: may read their bible in a religious way sometimes during the week but there is something about the implanted that term implanted indicates that this is taking the living word as our life supply and our life source And if we do this day by day in a regular way, the Lord has a way to really save our soul because there are all kinds of feelings in the soul that lead us astray from God's way and God's work. But it's not by taking it as the law, but it's taking it as a life. So there's a big difference here between obeying the Old Testament law that in some ways are referred to by James but by taking the implanted word is the word of life for our souls to transform
1: our souls, to save our souls. Well, I'm really appreciating the word, Francis, that it is so strong and it is so able to save our soul. Yes. Let's go on to the conclusion here. Uh, I'm going to read verse 25 of chapter 1. But he who looks into the perfect law, the law of freedom, and continues in it, becoming not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, This one will be blessed in his doing. Here's Witness Lee.
3: In this chapter, you have perfect law, the law of freedom. Do you know the entire New Testament is a new law to us? The Old Testament was written on the tablet outside of the people. But the New Testament is written on our heart. The law of freedom, number one, God has written this law of freedom, the perfect law in the New Testament. 27 books. On the other hand, when he beget us, he wrote this law, into our being. Now, we do have a law of life in our being that corresponds with the New Testament. The perfect law, the law of freedom, is, on the one hand, the entire New Testament. And on the other hand, it is the law of life written or inscribed into our inner man. The difference between these two laws, between the old law and the new law, is this. The old law was only written on the tablet outside of the people Nothing written into the people's being. This was the old law. Now, the new law of New Testament has been written in the papers, right? And at the same time, it has been written into our being. In our being, this law of the New Testament has become a law of life. And this law of life corresponds with the New Testament. And it is the law of freedom. Not like the Old Testament law, it was the law of bondage. It only required. It only condemned. It only uh, brought uh, uh, people into a kind of a bondage, slavery. But the New Testament law gives us life, it imparts life into our being. So this life delivers us from the law of sin and death. So it is a law of liberation. It is a law of freedom.
1: Francis, this law of freedom is really a big part of the New Testament, and I want you to develop this freedom from the law of sin and death because it's just so encouraging. I think it's so wonderful that we could see the difference between these two laws. The law
2: uh, that's written in stone and... uh, is a law that brings us into bondage. Don't do this. You mustn't do that. If you do this or that, you will be condemned and so on. This is a law that's not inside of us. But there is a law that's inside of us. And this is the law of freedom that frees us from all the things that are against God. And this is the law that's operating to save our souls. So we need to be very clear that this law is not a law of Of condemnation, but it's a law of life that's operating to save our souls from all the distracting elements and to cause our soul to be absolutely under the lordship of Christ as the Spirit in our spirit. So it's really a spreading of the law of the Spirit of life from our spirit to our soul, saving our soul, not making us a religious people in the old sense, but actually resulting in a proper behavior that might be considered religious in the proper sense. So we're not against this behavior. We're really for this behavior, but it must be the result of the working of the law of God in our inner being, saving our soul from all the sinful things, even the sinful thoughts,
1: and all kinds of rebellion – to make us one with God, even in our soul. Francis, uh, we've run out of time. We're at the end of our program, but I do want to add a little postscript to make sure we are faithful to witness Lee's final feeling in the crystallization study of James, which he spoke 12 years later in 1995. In a brief way, I want to say the last two programs of James, the last two life studies are entitled A Life That Is Not fully according to and for God's New Testament economy. In the life study of Mark, concluded with a life that is fully according to and for God's New Testament economy. So we have a contrast here. James was just not fully according to and for God's New Testament economy. And we're going to see that in our next program with what happened in Acts chapter 21. You know, a lot of people refer to James as uh, being a very confusing Part of the New Testament. Martin Luther, in our last program, we referred to him as calling the book of James a straw epistle. So, because of the confusing nature of James, he mixes the Old Testament with the New Testament things. And in this program today, there was so much encouragement in these things. But, you know, when James was referring to the perfect law, I think Witness Lee points out in the crystallization study, he was really talking about the Mosaic law. And when he was talking about the the word of truth that we're brought forth by, that's really not the New Testament word. So James is confused a little bit, and we're going to see more of that in tomorrow's program. So I'd like to encourage our listeners to come back and be with us. I'd like to encourage our listeners to get the printed materials to give us a call. Francis, thanks for coming in and being part of the program today.
2: Thanks for allowing me to join you. Thank you much.
1: Thank you also for joining us. Uh, We hope you could really delve into the deeper things by calling us. We've got the books on the crystallization study of James in addition to the life study of James, and we hope the listeners would call in and get those. Our phone number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or you can write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814 or just send an email to radio at lsm.org. On behalf of Francis Ball, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today and join us as we continue with the Life Study of James.
0: Millions of Christians have been strengthened in their faith through the ministry of Watchman Knee. In a recent release by Living Stream Ministry entitled The Overcoming Life, Watchman Knee sounds a call to the believers to pursue the normal Christian life that is hidden with God in Christ. The Overcoming Life is filled with truth, reverberates with hope, and brings the reader to renewed consecration. The Overcoming Life by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That's 1-888-543-3788.